All right, everyone. Thanks for popping in tonight. This is our first recording for In Absentia, which is the new real play fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast we're going to be running. People who watch it on Twitch, you're going to kind of get a leg up. It's going to be a little rough because we're just kind of getting our feet underneath us. But I think we're all going to have a good time. And that's the important part. Just to do some introductions. My name's Steve. Uh, I usually go by Jeshik online. I am one of the owners of Uber Geek Media. We run a series of streams. We're going to be doing a bunch of podcasts here. They're going to be launching the next couple of weeks. In Absentia is kind of our baby right now. So stay tuned once I have the website running, which I would like to do by the end of the week. But I said that last week, too. I'll have the RSS feeds up and you guys will be able to listen at your enjoyment to the fully edited version, which hopefully will be a little less stumbly. Maybe just to go around the table, like I said, my name's Steve. I am the GM of tonight's session. Let's jump in and let's have Mark go next and just introduce yourself. Yeah, uh, my name is Mark. I am playing the character Zigrit, who is a dragonborn sorcerer. All right, who wants to go next? I can. So I am John, or Seasonal Bard. Uh, I play the character Quill who is a tabaxi wizard, and I go by he, him. And I'm Anne. I play Story, and she is a Kenku rogue. All righty. To open up tonight's session, our characters are basically traveling with a small group of traders and immigrants from the other side of these large mountains that we're traveling through. Zirit has a small inn that he's recently abandoned, more or less, uh, that he's been caretaking and doing some uh, maintenance activities for a series of watchtowers in the area. And we'll dig into a little bit more into that in another recording. John, do you want to talk about your character's motivations or do you want to just kind of let that roll organically, sir? I am fine rolling that organically. It, It is pretty straightforward from like as soon as we start playing it it seems quill motivations become apparent very quickly and then Anne's character story you know she's been out kind of collecting these adventures do you want to talk about why you're collecting those adventures Anne, or do you want to let that well, roll because out? grandma sent me out to do it she said i had to bring go make my own stories and write them back to her you're traveling with this small group. It's mostly traders. There's not really anyone in charge, per se. You're just kind of traveling southeast through this mountain pass, uh, away from uh, the inn that Mark was running. I should say Ziggurat was running. I am going to hopefully not freeze our stream again, but I did get something ready for this, a visual for you guys. Because as you start to approach Hightower, yeah, I'll have to post it to the Discord here. Essentially, as you're coming up this narrow pass, the pass is uh, carved from the stone of the mountain. You know, most mountain passes, you think they've been kind of time-worn, and it's a natural feature. This pass is it's clearly artificial, and it's well-made. The path itself through the pass, it's somewhat paved. With cobblestone, the walls are fairly smooth up to about uh, 100 feet up this canyon that you're walking through. 
up in the distance, you begin to see this kind of archway over the pass. What you see is this really ornate bridge as you approach it. You can start seeing a little bit of an increase in human activity. The pass is only wide enough for like two or three large wagons to go back and forth on at the base, but it does widen up as it goes higher. As you get closer to Fort Hightower, activity picks up a little bit. You maybe see one or two wagons here and there. You see some people walking on foot. They mostly keep to themselves much closer. You see that this bridge is massive and perched atop it is a tall stone keep that is on top of this arch over the pass. There's clearly activity up there. You can't see activity very well on it, but you can see people. And judging by the size of the people on it, it's pretty intimidating how large this is. And it almost seems impossible that something this big uh, could be held up and not collapse. Underneath, you see a barricade and a large wrought iron gate in the center of it. The gate is about 40 feet wide, about 70 feet tall. You can see people on top of the barricade walking back and forth, keeping watch. When you look way up at the bottom of the bridge that's starting to get overhead, you can see murder holes looming down over you where they would pour boiling oils and things like that if anything were to approach the barricade. The gates are currently open. The soldiers that are manning the gate seem pretty bored, and they're just kind of chit-chatting amongst themselves. They seem fairly preoccupied. As of right now, John, you would have stayed one night in Ziggurat's Inn. Yep. Ziggurat, you maybe, you know, you guys would have had a brief conversation about moving on, and Ziggurat certainly has his own motivations on why he's there. Ziggur and John, you're really the only two with a tie right now. Story, I would say you're probably looking for opportunity right now. And having traveled just briefly into the pass, you're starting to realize there's not much going on up there. Not a lot of settlements very close through the mountains. So now you're maybe, you've done kind of this brief travel up into the mountains and now you're coming back to Fort Hightower, which you would have probably seen uh, on the way in from the east side of the continent. As you come through the gate, you travel a little ways into town, and it doesn't seem like this is a very prosperous town. It seems, you know, fairly busy, but it's not overly clean. Not all of the buildings seem well-maintained. Even the nice ones don't seem like they've been taken care of very well. In the middle of this large open courtyard in the center of town, you see this welcoming little inn. It's made of stone. It has a thatch roof. You can smell fairly good smelling food come of it. It seems relatively clean. It's probably more well-maintained than most of the other buildings around it. You do see inside there's also a bar with a little tavern in it, or a tavern with a little bar in it. There's a gentleman behind the bar, middle-aged, a little overweight, clean shaven, with a crooked nose, serving drinks. What do you guys want to do? I look over at Quill and I say, or Ziggurat says, you know, when you said you thought there might be, I don't know, magic and sources for what you were looking for, I imagined a bigger 
city than this. And I know I've directed people over here, but this is all, huh? From the sounds of it, it was fairly big. It's a few carts here and there, but I'll tell you what I can see is big gate. Big enough for me to fit through. <laughs> well, it's some, some guards and some locals. There's a cozy inn that we're approaching, but I don't know. There's not much else here. Well, sto- story, that was your name, right? Story Nod. Well, it, you, you mentioned that you might have connections here. Do you suppose we should check the inn? Would I know of this inn? Yes, it's the only inn in town. It's just called the Inn at Hightower. And you'll notice, in story, you would already know this, that pretty much everything in Hightower is called the blank at Hightower. They're not very imaginative. There is not a lot of well-to-do money in Hightower. It's a fairly large in size city, but it's not... It doesn't have a ton of people anymore. It looks like at one point, this was a pretty bustling place with probably a couple thousand or probably even tens of thousands of people. But right now, you know, maybe, maybe a couple thousand people at most, which is still a fairly large town by the continent standards, but it certainly doesn't hold a candle to what you're, you're coming from. It's the town around the base. Exactly. One thing we didn't figure out um, and I was going to ask, and then it never happened this week. We're assuming that like my not calligraphers kit, the forgery kit. Can we just assume that I always have paper and a pen, like whenever we hit somewhere so I can like, yes. Okay. Like nothing that's more than a couple copper, but you know, enough to get through. And we can say that you have a good stock of that in your bag too. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, I'm used to like, I, I'm nonverbal. I'm used to this. I always have the paper because nobody else seems to ever have paper. So Story will write out in her beautiful penmanship because her parents taught her well. It's the only in in Crowview. Right. I convey that to to Quill. Uh, oh, she says it's the only in. So uh, at least we know where we're going to stay. I love our group so much. <laughs> <laughs> Telephone game all the time. And at the very least, we know some things. I'd have what I need here. <laughs> for for those not viewing, Story just kind of give this a very Johnny Depp-ish. Yeah, sure. World's worst sign. Depends. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ziggurat kind of meanders, um, you know, up up the steps and into the end and says, well, might as well have a drink first and figure this place out, huh? And uh, well, approaches the bartender and says, uh, well, actually looks back at um, uh, at Story and at Quill and says, you both drink, huh? Story not. Desert folk aren't really accustomed to liquor, but I dabbled. Well, all right. One's on me. Three rounds. Keep. Three rounds is... What kind of drink would you like? We have a very nice mead. Story raises her hand. Ah, that's mead for this one here. Quill, what's your flavor? Oh, wine will suit. That's fine. And uh, he turns around and pours a pint of mead and puts it in front of Story. And Cigarette 
then he turns and there's a large barrel that's open at the top, dunks a pint in, and this very thick, fortified wine dribbles over the side of the pint and he slaps it down in front of Quill. I, I say Quill, I, I, I describe what happened at Quill. It, I, don't, I don't know if you want to drink that. Hold, hold on a sec. Keep, do you have something of a finer vintage? Well, that's been aged for a while. <laughs> sure, flavor too, by the looks of it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anything in a bottle? I'll buy the bottle. I'm not made of money, but my friends and I have traveled a long way. He goes, oh, I, might, I might have something in back. Goes in back for a minute, and you hear some rummaging around, and a clanging of bottles, and then a crash. And he comes back, and he's got broken glass on his arms, and he pulls out a small bottle with some dust on it. He goes, I once got this in from a fancy merchant. Do I do I know mm. this guy? Like this is the next mm. this is the next small town over basic well eh, the second to next small like do I know this guy? Like would I know if he knew the sign for water? Um you would have probably spent a few days here, so I think he would probably know. What's his name then? His name is Innkeeper Tom. He just he just goes by Tom. He's he's not noble and yeah, Inkeeperson is not from money, so he doesn't really have a last. Well, while, while he was in the back room, Quill probably have sniffed the the wine. It actually smells palatable, like it's passable. It's a little dry. It's maybe a little fruity too. What is Ziggurat? Ziggurat looks in the glass. He as he sees Quill sniff it. Ziggurat looks in into the mug. So are we talking the fortified wine? Or the wine from the bottle. The fortified wine. The fortified wine. You, Ziggurat, when you look into the pint, you actually see like a jellied grape float up. Um, Quill, I, you mentioned you're not accustomed to much drink, but I'll tell you, you wouldn't want to chew your drink, and you'd be doing that with what's in the mug here. So let's. My suggestion is, let me get you something a little better, something that'll go down without teeth necessary. Fair point. Story's just sitting with her drink doing the bird thing. I didn't think about how Kenku's eat and drink, so it's a bird. (laughs) No, I think that's perfect. Because now I I just envision this, and then she gets good swig of it. It's like, "Ah." It's either that or you open your craw and just sort of pour things in. Dump it in, yeah. I haven't had that bad of a day. I, I, I like the bird sipping from a bird bath maneuver myself. That makes me. That makes me happy. Every once in a while, there's the shake. Yep, and little like little <laughs> dew feathers just kind of pop off here and there. <laughs> Some time goes by, and you guys are just kind of passing the time here. Is there anything specific you want to do? Do you want to try to get a room here for the night? I want to ask around about incense, chalk, and... Whatever that last ingredient was. I, I keep asking all of these questions. Would I know where to get that? Yeah, so some of that's just basic stuff. You would think that some of these might, merchants might have. The merchants here, again, it's not like super wealthy, but there is some merchant gentry here. Now, to be really clear, there's like no noble houses that are remaining in Hightower anymore. There's people in the keep, and Story would know that this is really just more of a military outpost at this point. You know, there's 
some there's a garrison there there's some barracks below the keep next to the the gates that you guys came in it's not huge the town really is at there at this point to support the fort there are the merchants there they basically they trade with each other almost as much as they do the soldiers the soldiers probably drive the town uh, economy just by drinking and eating and occasionally with pastimes, if you will, be it, you know, vices of some sort or just rabble rousing and causing trouble with the common folk. So like the general store would be across the way there. Yeah, there would be a, a merchant that would have some incense. He wouldn't be like the same guy that would be selling like incense incense to me. That's a little more upscale, but there is another shop that you would know would have that. Cause you would probably scoped it out. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes. I need charcoal incense herbs and a brass brazier, which is probably a little bit more. Uh... Can I, well, cause I'm assuming at this point they have, hired me because at some point I was able to convey to them, oh yeah, I totally know Fort Hightower. Yeah, let me show you around. So I would like draw a picture of the square and be like, here's the inn, here's this merchant here, maybe chalk and, and incense. This merchant here, what else did you need? I would assume you'd have, well no, you wouldn't have a written list because you're blind. I could I could still write. It's not great. I but... could also write in that very probably like fourth grade way of running my hand along as I write yeah. the letters out, I would I would be able to write out I need charcoal, incense, herbs, and a brass brazier. The letters might might not line up properly, but they are all there. I also remembered I can hear, so you could dictate it to me, and I could write out. That's also true. So I would if if we have spent a day together. There's a point where I would have been like, okay, so you want to go shopping? What do you want? And I would I would express what I want and probably have at least asked someone in the inn if they have any any helpful tips on that kind of thing. So in story, having built some sort of parlance with some of the people in the inn by now, just from you know, basic gestures and things like that, you probably would have identified the shadier people in town. Um, just with your background. Oh yeah, I, w- I would just be going doing the 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 person who knows everybody who's in town, who made a point of knowing everybody because that's what grandma told me to do. Yeah, and then I would be bringing him around to everybody, and then like steering him away. Like, no, there's no one there. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I come over to this person who is the like uncle's cousin. Of the guy you want to talk to about the bra- the the metal thing. So yes, you would know who to go through to for all the basic ingredients. Some of the herbs, I would imagine, are probably not like, oh, there's, you know, this spice guy down the road. But you would know that there is kind of this hedge witch kind of off in the slums that sells some, some of these basic uh, magic ingredients that you would need, that Quill would need. And oh my god, she makes this lamb stew, you'd die. I would love to have you write that. In my mind, that's a hilarious chain of events. Just amazing. <laughs> you want the lamb stew. Ask and for it. Do it. Wait Underline. For it. <laughs> Worth every moment. <laughs> 
So you're going to read it. It quill. She says, try the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> does, that, does that require a deception check? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that you're like, but she's a bird. It's kind of racist. Ziggurat <laughs> gives like a, a, a knowing look and says, nah, she says the lamb. Lamb's delicious. Give that a try. All right. And then, so I would assume that story would kind of guide you through these, uh, through the merchant's corridor and off to the west side of, of town into the kind of slums area. But having been stopped like every five minutes by somebody coming up oh hey story and then like just a random person and you're like over the top excited very deaf culture you remember like the the lunch we went to that one time yeah very that oh absolutely you guys travel to the west side of town and the paving on the streets is really poor here most of the cobblestone is torn up there's just a few here and there things are really uneven lot of dirt and mud poking through puddles of questionable substance because there's no plumbing so none of us have shoes <laughs> oh oh sad day um there's a but only one of us ever. oh oh <laughs> poor quill i think i think story would try to help still trying to get to know Quill and not like just grab a blind person. I I have a walking <laughs> stick. It kind of helps me. Like it's a stick. It would kind of float. D- does does Quill clean himself with his tongue like a normal cat? <laughs> no, no. Tobacco. I am a tabaxi. I take baths. Do you have like a little brush? Or, or in the desert? I'm from the desert. I would probably take sand baths mostly. Oh yeah, dust baths all the way. <laughs> but I really want you to have like a little brush. Story would still try to help you not step in an unidentified, we all know what it is, pile of goo. So as you're traveling through these kind of cruddy streets, Story leads you down this kind of darker side alley, which seems super shifty. Quill, you would probably pick up on this first, just having been around uh, a lot of uh, magic ingredients. and uh, But you notice... You can smell some like alchemy reagents and some of the herbs that you might need in the air. You can just smell that kind of burning smell. It gets stronger as you get closer. Story leads you to this little door in the side of it appears by all intensive purposes just to be a wall of another house. She kind of gives it a knock and it kind of creaks open almost like there wasn't anything latching it and she just kind of ducks in. Do you guys want to follow her? I follow in. Cigarette, any hesitancy? Yes. Looks around like I left for this. Right. And just kind of like ducks in. Tori, you've been in here before and it's very messy. It is not picked up. It's very cluttered. There's dried herbs hanging from the ceiling. It's it's very much like grandma's farmhouse kitchen kind of thing. Story will announce her entrance. She does? Yeah. You don't mess with a hedge witch. I may have none, but she does not know it's me. You can kind of see some like clay pots in the background. It's it's you you're not really sure what's in them. And they're labeled, but you're not sure what language it is. If it's common, it's not good common. 
it's like it's not legible. Let's just leave it at that. You do see one or two large black cauldrons, some by all appearances, some glass vials and other jars that seem to have some sort of purplish liquid sloshed on the side of them that's kind of drying out. And you think with all this stuff open and about that there would be like flies or something in the air, like fruit flies. No, there's nothing. As you're breathing, you kind of get this scratchy feeling in your throat. You're not sure why, but there's a funny smell in the air, and it's pretty humid in here. In the corner, stirring a pot, you see this middle-aged woman. Her hair is already really gray, and it's stringy, kind of muttering to herself as she's stirring the pot. And She kind of looks over as she hears Story walk in. She's how you doing? Story goes over. Good, good. Give her a big hug. How are you? She goes, ah, oh, I'm great. I'm, I'm making some lamb stew. You want some lamb stew? Hey, do you want some lamb stew? She kind of, she kind of point, points at, uh, at cigarette and points at, you want some lamb stew? You look like you would enjoy a good stew. Story just answers for them. All the yes. Yes. Yeah. And she like, Pulls over like a bowl and she like <laughs> looks at it. She kind of rubs it with her elbow, looks at it again. It's, 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 it's good enough. Slashes some stew in and no spoon. She just hands it to you and like slaps a little onto your hands. Story's in it. Y'all, y'all need to talk about stuff. Story's got her stew. She's just going to wait. And in in my head, Story's like whole face is in the bowl. Like her beak is just all over it. Dripping. Like, yeah. She's still a crow. Crow raven, you know. But yeah, lamb stew. How good is the stew? Ziggurat, you know, you smell it. And it does. It legit. It smells. It's like top five stews you've ever had in your life. And that's saying something. It's it's like I'm cupped in my hands and she just kind of like dumped it in there is that what happened no no like she slops this bowl into your hands and like splashes over onto your hands and arms and you're just standing there like the fuck am i supposed to do with this you know so yeah ziggurat just kind of like tips his head back and uh, takes a a swig of it and say how'd you get the lamb so tender like this it's a stew usually overcooked the meat so I just beat it a lot before I put it in the pot. Helps if it's still alive. Well, it works. <laughs> All right. Whatever it is, it's delicious. Quill, you just kind of feel this bowl shoved into your hands and this liquid kind of frothing over on top of you. Uh, thank you. Uh, our guide here, Story, sent us with intent for me to buy some things from you and the smell alone. I think you may have what I need. Ah, you're looking for some stuff, eh? She gets kind of a more serious look on her face, kind of cocks her head to the side. She goes, right, 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 right. What, what, what kind of stuff do you need? She kind of sits down. She pulls over this little slate, you know, something to write with. What, what, what you need? Make me, make, I'll make a list. What you need? Herbs, incense, charcoal, a brass brazier. In story hands her left over in the middle of it with the beak in bowl. Fairly large quantities 
of each, as it would be about ten gold worth. She kind of grabs the the list from from Stern. She goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." She goes, "You, you, 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 you can't you see your friend? She just she just about slapped me in the face with it. Come on, come on." Sorry, I'm not really able to see much these days. Ah, well, well, that's awkward. Let me take a look at this thing. And she kind of uh, she starts looking around. She like. Slaps it a few jars. She like tips one over. It falls and with a crash to the ground. This little plume of smoke comes up. Ah, shit. Then she kind of kicks it and like just nudges it underneath the table and like drops of rag on it. Yeah, that'll be fine till later. And she, uh, you need some help? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, 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 I think I got this. I'm pretty sure I got this. I got this. I got this. Pulls out a chunk of charcoal. She flaps it on the table. She gets a piece of chalk, puts that on the table. Then uh, she she grabs a big handful of the herbs you need, and she kind of tucks it into a little bag, puts that on the table. She says, ah, you need what you, you need a brass brazier. That's that's some that's some yeah. fancy crap. Do I do I look like I got that kind of fancy crap? And like literally. Behind her, you see a brass brazier sitting on the countertop. Well, I would say Ziggurat would see it. What's that there? Uh, <laughs> oh, it looks pretty fancy oh, to me. Oh, that, that. Yeah, that's my brass brazier. Bra- brass brazier, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, some some well, people call it a brazier, but no, that ain't right. Yes. <laughs> I should hope not. All right, well... I, I think, I don't mean to intrude, but that's what my friend here was looking for there. Oh, that. Okay. That must must been some... Brass brazier, yeah. Brass. I thought it said grass brazier. Yeah, oh, no. That's a little... That's, that's a... I thought it was a brass brazier. No. No, she... Grass brazier. She looks at it and she goes, you know, that's a, it's a family heirloom right there. I got that from my great granny on my mother's side. <laughs> she, you know. I, I don't need it permanently. I would only need it uh, for about an hour if you wouldn't mind. You ain't gonna do nothing weird to it, are you? From the smell of your, your storefront, I suspect you dabbled in the weird. You have no idea. She kind of winks at, at Ziggurat. Oh. She goes, I can do all kinds of weird. <laughs> I I promise <laughs> after I'm done, it will be untarnished. She's cool. It's fine. And then, and then points at the big potted lamp stew and shows her empty bowl. Like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You go, you go, you go ahead. You you know, your you family, go ahead. And sorry, just kind of dances over because it's the good stew dance. She looks at Quilla and Quilla. Have you actually had any of the stew yet, or you just what? You, did you try it? Yet? Uh, I, as she's been like pulling things out, I've probably sipped at it. All right, and and like all accounts, this is this is some wicked stew. Don't And she's like, she's tell you what, you finish that stew, and you you know your friends can help me clean up a little in here, and and it we got a deal. You can have it for. I tell you what, I've thrown in a bonus hour just for you for helping clean my crap up. Uh, hour of what? No, like literal crap. 
I took a whole doozy of oh. a dunker in the back. Oh, well, I did offer to help, so sure. I was testing out a new potion, and oh, did it run right through me. Oh, I bet. So she kind of gives you the, the brazier, and you you have, you know, after going to the other stores that Story knew and talking with the other people, and plus, she basically, she had the majority of what you needed. She sets it all in front of you, and she goes, All right, tall one. Yo, with me, story. You just do, baby. So I, uh, I set things up and begin conjuring a familiar. Story is enraptured, watching it the whole time, still doing the bird thing. Not graceful, super awkward. She doesn't care. As Quill is performing this. Uh, I mean, it's it's basically it's it's a full on spell. Yep. Uh, does it say how long it takes? It takes an hour. That's that's why I needed it for an hour. <laughs> that's that's fair. OK, so you spend your hour and towards the end of it, you start feeling this kind of connection. It gets stronger as the spell goes on. What familiar were you going to summon? I am summoning a lizard, uh, in particular, a desert gecko. So it's probably about like six, seven inches long, like this dusty brown, similar color to my own fur. And I mean, it's it's a fake creature, so it's probably like not luminous, but it definitely gives off that not quite a true creature. <laughs> and it'd be like a ghostly Pascal from Tangled? It is a that seems fair. Yeah, like it would probably be so it can be celestial fae or fiend in nature, and it would probably be of the three of those fae more than anything else. Don't want to don't want to go full full evil with fiend yet. So yet. Uh oh. <laughs> bum bum bum. No, no, that's it's just joking. So yeah, so it definitely has. It probably has a a scent of the Fey Wild to it. It probably looks a little bit more archetypal, like archetypically unnatural than a traditional gecko would. But it is. It is a desert gecko. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, out of game. They actually glow fluorescent. They're adorable. Okay, I had to Google them, and then they were cute, and then I learned that they glow. So yeah, it's probably part- it, it probably is a little cute. I would no, say. No, freaking adorable, I think. And so it like a, with a burst of flame and all of the other components of the spell together. This this gecko appears in the middle of this brass brazier and climbs out of it. Uh, you can't see it, but like <laughs> it's cute, so stories freaking out like it is it's so adorable like you you feel the thump 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 of the like excited hand like you made a thing once i've done it yeah come come here come to papa you know desert gecko its tongue kind of lolls out of its side and it pants a little bit and it flops right up to you like super excitedly you've just killed story she's dead like character. it was too cute she died <laughs> She's, she's just sitting there crushed. <laughs> you know, it's it's been just a little over an hour. Like, you know, I I, I imagine that that Quill is kind of like holding it. He's talking to it. He's kind of petting its little head. Zigrid's probably trying not to retch in the back room as he's cleaning up what has to be the most vile mess he's ever seen. Uh, particularly 
you know, I mean, this is saying something because he runs a small inn, so he's seen a lot of messed up stuff. And, and this is like truck stop bathroom on crack. Yeah, especially because when Quill or when Quill when when Ziggurat checks in, because it's it's less of an inn and more of just like a, a wayside, like single room motel, if you will, that people kind of leave on the honor system. It's just kind of maintained. So he oftentimes doesn't even see the people that were there, which usually means the messes are a little worse. Yeah, he's like. Oh, oh, woman, go. <laughs> don't ever drink that potion. <laughs> oh, I won't. <laughs> it's not already. Uh, Siri's super excited to show the head, hedge witch. Like, I, I, I kind of let the gecko crawl out onto my hand and kind of, now oh, let's get a, let's get a look at you. And I am going to use the ability with find fami- with a familiar to see through it through its eyes and hear through its ears. All right. So is it point? I imagine yep. you have it turned towards so you. Like have it extended out on my hand and have it pointing towards my face. Could you describe what your face looks like through your eyes? So through through these lizardly eyes. I probably look uh, not quite monotone because geckos do have uh, not like finite color vision, but definitely okay color vision and a little bit of heat radiating off me because lizards can detect that. And there is a bandage that covers like a big dark splotch across my face, up over my eyes. And this kind of a little bit of an extended snout for a tabaxi and whiskers and the sandy brown of my fur. The old lady, we'll call her Maud, because I like Maud for her name. Uh, she comes in and goes, well, congratulations. It's adorable. I, I kind of turn it over and cast it or like cast my vision around the room, so to speak, to see what these people that I've been interacting with look like as well. And let's start with you. Could you describe your character, quote unquote, through the eyes of his familiar? Uh, well, I don't know what her heat signature is. You see a young Kenku. She's got... Her hood is down because, she, I mean, she's around people. She's in a town she's familiar with. But she is... Of course, very raveny, very crowy, but she has a little shorter of a beak. It's logistical, so it's easier to sign because there's a lot of face signs. She's wearing nice, but very subtle, like the normal, like simple leather vest, nice, like almost harem pants, but she's a bird. So it's not like the legs are still bird legs. And she is excited. Like she's still like she's got her. I keep forgetting words. Sorry, I worked today, so words are hard. Um, her crossbow on her back, and you can see, you know, rapier, and she's like ready to travel, but she's flipping out because this thing is adorable, and she loves things that are adorable. The only thing she loves more than adorable is shiny. And and she has a small amount of lamb stew that's kind of splashed on her on on her feathers around her face. Oh, by small amount, you mean like this? Total five-year-old with a cake. I, I would imagine she tried to find like something to like with her face, or at least Maude would have come in and gone, 
oh god i fed story again and given her like here you know dirty napkin or something like she's like the cleanest rag she has realistically she probably just like pulled off like an uh, a chunk off of like this this uh, burlap sack she's wearing and just like hands it to you to clean up with oh yeah no she already showed her love by giving me two servings of stew the first thing you learn is where to get good food grandma did not mess around when she taught me stuff Zigrit, if you could describe yourself through the eyes of our new friend, the little desert gecko. So the first thing that comes off is that Zigrit is cold. So if we're kind of talking like a pseudo heat vision, Zigrit is uh, almost reverse. It, it, it's this weird combination of like cold and and hot. Like there's there's hot that kind of flows through his his blood, but his skin is very cold. Uh, this is this weird combination. But outside of that, you know, the gecko probably has to tilt its head up and up and up a little more to to really get a good view at Zigrit. So uh, outside of that, yeah, he's got shinyish scales and sort of a beak, I guess, as as much as dragons have a beak. You know, no shoes, big feet but the other thing that probably comes off is when you look at the eyes so as as imposing of a figure as Zigert is they're not unkind eyes so he's gentle as he is large he also has a really ornate wand um that also it it is itself clearly a heat source through the gecko's eyes very much so like the gecko almost wants to jump onto that wand it it's got fire in it essentially uh, and also a crossbow. Maybe I don't know if uh, if if Quill's surprised to see so many crossbows, but there's a a, a hand crossbow on his hip as well, and a surprising number of daggers. Uh, Quill, do you have a name for your new friend? I I will definitely have to think about that, as there is there is probably a tabaxi term for geckos of this kind that he he would be mulling over. But mostly me as a player needs to mull over what I want him to be. And then uh, and then last but not least, I turn it towards the, the ostentatious voice that I've been hearing up until this point of Maud. And Maud, as soon as you turn the gecko towards her, she has this big bowl of stew like that you set down while you were working. And she like puts it right in front of the gecko's face. It's like, hop in, honey. <laughs> I, I just made this creature. I prefer it not drown on accident. Fine. She gets like this tiny little like shot glass sized bowl out that you don't even know why she would have something like that. But she's she brings it out. And she like puts a tiny little piece of little bit of stew in there and sets it on the table. I, I stop viewing the world through the gecko's eyes and let him uh, go <laughs> consume his stew. Sure, that's not entirely healthy for a creature. <laughs> yes, but you know the type of woman. She's not going to back down. And he he kind of sniffs at it and like laps at it, and and then basically like opens his mouth over the bowl and like flips it back, <laughs> and with a big gulp, just eats it. And then he kind of lies on his back, like oh, I'm so full, bro. You have no idea of the service you've provided today for me. And then Ma goes. Well, I am really glad that I could help. Now, I feel that potion coming on again. So you guys better get out of here soon. <laughs> she, she's no kidding, guys. Let's go. 
story, honey. You come back another time. I'm going to get some more stew ready for you. And of course, the hugs and the quick little signing and the nodding and the hug and the backing away. No, no, another hug. Okay. And then, yes. And then the waving goodbye in the doorway and the chick. Oh, come in for another hug, honey. Kind of forgetting, forgetting the gecko for a moment. Quill turns back and snaps his fingers once and the gecko vanishes from the table where it was resting. Did Story see this when she was giving the, you know, the normal, very quick 45 minute goodbye? Probably, yes. Uh, yeah, no, she, like, the coolest thing. It's cute. It pops in and out of existence. It eats stew. This is going to be her best friend. <laughs> All right. So now it's, but by this point, um, you know, you guys have traveled part of the day. You walked around town. You had to go to a couple different shops trying to find the things you need. And you were talking to people. And as with any good, uh, you know, solid mis- Midwesterner, you stopped and talked to freaking everybody. You had to, like, you know, you know, say the hellos and, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen them forever whatever. And and of course, with story too, like some of these people, it's, you know, you're having to do some of this, like with, you know, the sign language and also through the thieves can't uh, if, if you wanted to hide any messages. So it took like an extra long time. And I imagine like Quill, you've just got that you're familiar. This is a pretty momentous occasion for you. You're probably kind of wrapped up in your own world. But Zigrit, you just clean shit up. <laughs> Not only that, but Ziggret isn't around a lot of people, and especially the people he's around, he knows. You know, like if he goes to his elf friends at the undisclosed village that he knows that they are, um, he's among people he knows. So he's uh, essentially uh, just wanting to get out of there. And he becomes, instead of being more anxious, he becomes more and more stoic uh, and more imposing, actually. Like you can kind of see he's just emanating a little for every, you know, 10, 15 minutes, he's kind of waiting and trying to be courteous to these new friends that he, uh, he's uh, wanting, wanting to be around. He's like, all right, let's get out of here. And he also smells like shit. So that adds to that a little bit. Oh, Every thieves can't that Ma that um story can every single time Maud got him yeah no Maud first time with Maud yeah no she got him got great stew today <laughs> which is a full like five minutes of gesturing but it's important the further out of the slums she gets the less she tells everybody because you know the further out they're not. They don't, they're scared of the witch. Like everybody in the slums, I mean, it's the hedge witch. She's the doctor, she's the midwife, she's the teacher, she's the, you know. I'm assuming it's basically like every hedge witch. And then the further out. Yeah, she provides an essential service. Yeah. And the further out, the less she, like, the further out that it's no longer, oh, ha ha, yeah, Maud got him. She would stop. But yeah, no. This is her little town. Like, by the time you guys are ready to head back to the inn, it's probably getting it's it's I would say it's dusk. You know, it's the sun is is gone down. It's it's there's just a little bit of gray left in the day. Are you guys ready to turn in? Is there anything else you want to try to do before you guys turn in for the night? Ziggurat is looking for the the bath. I don't know. Like, so <laughs> he's really wanting to get cleaned up. 
So I imagine you would get back, you know, you tell the innkeeper, he, he just takes one look at you, you walk in and over the, you know, not as good as, as the stew as you guys just had, but it, like he's got a, like a solid like soup and bread that he offers his patrons. You can smell that, but it's pretty, he's, he can tell as soon as you walk in the door that you smell awful. And he's like, no, no, nope, nope, out, go around back. There is a horse trough. You are going to clean up in that. I don't want you in here. I will bring you a bucket. Right, I'll beat you back there then. Ziggert gets close to the, the horse trough. He's not wanting to go into cold water, so uh, let me just check my spell list real quick. Yeah, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and cast uh, Firebolt into the water to, to heat it up. You know, big hiss, lots of splashing, and it's it's damn near boiling, and most of the water's out of the trough. Yeah. Just Ziggert kind of sits in there in the, you know, probably half of the water that's left, and uh, like he likes the warm, but he's waiting for the bucket to, to come, and he's having a peaceful time. In, in my head, I, I just hear the one TV personality animal guy going, Oh, crikey, that's going the cloaca. <laughs> if there's anything Ziggert knows how to do, it's keep a clean cloaca. Also, provides an essential service. It's true. It's true. Some people pay extra mm. for that. And there we've earned our mature rating. Yeah. Uh, which, I'm kind uh, of proud uh, it took us this long. I was going to say, there has been like... Very little. Like, I could have gotten real dark with Maud there for a little bit. <laughs> Anyways, you know, you guys are back at the inn. You're kind of getting settled in. There's basically, there's only a handful of rooms. Okay. Uh, at night, um, the main area, they kind of move the tables and chairs out. They maybe put some uh, pallets out for people to sleep on. But there are a few actual rooms. There's not a lot of people that are staying in town tonight. So you guys actually got to score one of the rooms. There is a very simple stuffed bed. It's pretty scratchy. It's lumpy, but it's it's a roof over your head. It's out of the elements. And that's where you guys are for the night. Are you guys all going to try to stay in the one room? Probably. I, if coming from where he comes from, Quill would not feel out of sorts staying in the same room as like a large group of people. <laughs> yeah, they, even though the story had her family, she like that's what you do. You sleep in the same room. One person hears something, everybody's woken up. That's what you do. But she, of course, is staying up late talking to everybody <laughs> Zager's not as used to that but is curious more of like you know he's he's a fish out of water in a couple of ways and he feels like there's a little more water with these two fish so is is yeah he, he basically he's in the room in his own corner okay all right uh so you know ziggurat you're cleaned up it's basically it's time to turn in you guys kind of all settle down for the night everyone kind of gradually drifts off. There's been a fair amount of excitement today. I imagine you're all kind of tired and uh, worn out. Also, for Quill. Writing. Like, just, oh my god. And then Maud got him, and it was so funny. And her sleep was great today. It was a little more garlic than normal. Like, just going. Yeah, before 
Quill goes to bed, but probably he would definitely still be burning the midnight oil and would listen for everyone else to kind of drift off. And at that point, he would snap his fingers once more. The gecko would appear and he would pull out his uh, his mage tome, his, his wizard book, and say quietly to himself, let's let's get a look at the damage. And he would take the bandage off his face and have the lizard, seeing through the lizard's eye, take a look at the scars and lack of fur, and then take a look at his wizard tome to see what state it has become, which is probably pretty tattered at this point from travel and being out of use for these years at this point. I imagine in pretty rough shape. Wizard's spellbook, it's kind of that personal item. He would probably want to try to clean it up as best he can right now. Yeah. I would I would kind of look at the pages and see how tattered it is, realize exactly what the state of things are. Probably side of myself, put the book back in its place, and put the bandage back on my face and go to bed. Secret fell asleep. He's gone. He's done. So you guys go to sleep. The night passes uneventfully. This is one of those towns. It's like I said, it's pretty small. The gates have been shut for the night. There's not anyone traveling in and out. But you're jolted out of your sleep by the sound of somebody screaming out in the main courtyard where all of the shops are. I suspect that's not a common occurrence here. What is it? There's somebody in, in this town that she loves screaming. She's out. She's got daggers going. She would make sure she, that you guys are awake, but y'all are cool. She's known you for 24 hours. Uh, Ziggurat is a little s- more cautious to the to the jump. It definitely gets up and looks over at Quill and says, well, there's nothing I can see right now, but uh, um, a friend uh, story left us. Uh, maybe we should try to follow her and see what she went, see what this commotion's about. Yes, I, I think that would be wise. Oh, need help getting anything? I, I can make my way. I've done so thus far. Everyone in the inn is waking up now. The people are already out in the courtyard by the time you're all managed to get out there. You know, you see the innkeeper. He's in his night clothes. There's people with candles. It's not quite morning yet. It's kind of that pre-dawn where the sun hasn't quite risen yet but it's starting to lighten a little bit you see this crowd kind of circling around something in the middle of the courtyard as you approach you see steam rising off of a body it appears that someone has been stabbed stabbed repeatedly and you see a, a hole in their chest and it looks almost like something's been pulled out of their chest and that is where we're going to end our session tonight. What else do I see? What else? Anybody acting weird? What else do I see? It has this really good perception. I want to look at stuff. Next time we can start with me trying to convince everybody to let me do a message check on the body because I actually am somewhat trained in that. <laughs> Just dig around inside it. Sigurd's got some really good intimidation that I'm sure I'll get a chance to use. Super excited. I hope you guys had fun. I actually had a lot of fun. If you had fun listening to In Absentia and want to hear more great content like it, go to www.ubergeekmedia.com 
and look at our content listing and see if you can find any other great shows or you can join us on any social media at UberGeek Media to follow us and see what else the UberGeek Media team has cooking.